You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Uh, we closed Sweeney Town. Oh, what'd you do this weekend, Joe? We closed Sweeney Town. It's <laughs> finally after, what, five, six weeks? How long? I feel like it's been a long time since our Sweeney Todd episode that we were ramping up to your big show. Yeah. Now, and now it's it's over. And now it's done. It's a mere memory. Which, uh, it, it was time. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. time for it to be done. Overstated to I welcome. I, I mean, I know I posted this on Facebook, but this final week of performances uh, found me revisiting some injuries that I had, like when I did Slay Hard mm. over the holidays. Physical injuries, oh yeah, and emotional. Yeah, I um, I finally did after what seven weeks, eight weeks of performances. I finally aggravated my knee in the final week of performances. <laughs> uh, fell down on, on a little too hard when I, during my death scene. You're like the big Lebowski car, it, dude. Fucking hey, finally killed the it fucking finally car. killed my fucking knee, <laughs> uh, dude. My knee like swole up to the size of a fucking grapefruit. Saw it on Facebook, it was man. Ridiculous. Looked photoshopped. Um, and it wasn't. Mm. And the thing was, like, not too long before that, like a week before that, I sprained my ankle, which is still swollen right You've now. You had all manner of injuries during this run. Just. Uh, two leg injuries. Yeah, that's it. Same leg. Yeah. Oh wow. Same, same leg. So that's good. Like because the answer is to to elevate and rest and stuff. And Rice. at least I'm resting. No, it's my left. Oh, it's my left. <laughs> leg. <laughs> but at least I get to elevate the same leg. You know, I'm not having to do both. Uh-huh. Uh, so honestly, if I had a pair of crutches or something, it would probably make things a little bit easier. Oh, I'd probably mend up a little bit quicker. But I don't. I can help you out with that. You know, I think what did I, I do? I, I mowed the lawn today. Yeah, I was like, you told me that. I'm like, it's probably not the best thing to do when you're uh, when you've got a knee the size of a coconut. Yeah, I mean the swelling's gone down quite a bit. Thank you to uh, to Sarah's edamame that's in the freezer. What is that? Oh, <laughs> her frozen peas. Her frozen edamame. <laughs> she looks. She's like, are you seriously using my frozen edamame? It's not like you can't eat them afterwards. They're, it's still sanitary right, inside of that packaging. Right, but you're sort of thawing them out over and over again. When Listen, they're fucking peas. Like, How many times do they have to be? It's. I have the same conversation about like Coca Colas or whatever. Oh, you can't open it and then like re. Or you can't heat them. Is, is it bottled water you you're not heat supposed up to do? No. <laughs> but you can't you? get it to room temperature and then freeze it again. They say that about beer. They say it about, I don't know. I've been living a different life. Yeah. Like, uh, I've been doing this my entire life. And uh, look at me. Yep. I'm my whole fine. life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anakin. Uh, but no, we, we closed the show. Mm. Uh, and we had our, our final performance uh, this past Saturday, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, you said sold out crowds all three sold, shows, yeah, right? Sold out shows. Congratulations! We had, we had, thank you very much. We had a number of sold out houses. Uh, Congratulations but, on your Yelp fu- review too, by the way. <laughs> thank you very much. Where you got the call out? Somebody Yelp reviewed the pocket sandwich. It theater. was you, Joe. Just it was, come it was clean someone from named this ruse. Gabby. I don't know. Oh, but, a likely story. I uh-huh. know, right? Yeah. My name is Gabby. Co Juchinati. That sounds. It sounds kind of anti-Semitic. Yeah. Uh, no, but somebody gave the uh, the pocket a Yelp review, and they talked about how much fun they had seeing Sweeney Todd, and called me out, and that was that was kind of an honor. That was really nice. I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Deserved. Thank you I very much. Say. You were my favorite part of the show. Well, because you you can't be. No, it's not that. that. It's just uh, it's it's one thing to. Re- I love seeing you in your, in your element. It's not really my element, though. Well, you say that, and yet you're totally like natural on stage. You, but you am own I, that stage. Let yes. me. I, okay. The best actor in the show mm-hmm. was Patrick, who played Sweeney Todd. He was the best actor in the show. Now, what are you judging what, that based what, on? Based on what the criteria fact that, that he stayed in character. Oh, he delivered all of his dialogue wonderfully. I see what you're saying. Uh, he stayed focused, technically, and he the didn't. Best actor. He never. He never broke his character. That is true. Or broke the fourth wall, unless it was like. You know, he knew just the right moment. He did have a nice little uh, ad lib the last time we saw him. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, where he finally addressed the audience. And they, they loved it. They ate it up. He's really good. I've seen him perform a bunch of times. It was an honor to be able to work with him. Now, the difference between what he does and what I did, what I did was I had a crappy, poor excuse for a French accent. <laughs> it was great. I was a living cartoon character, <laughs> and I, at every opportunity, broke the fourth wall yes. and messed with the audience, worked the crowd, and... That does not make me the best actor in the show. No, but it makes you the best entertainer. Okay, well, I was entertained. I will. I will. I thank you for that. Yes. Um, and uh, thank you politely for bringing joy disagree. and smiles. 
You're welcome. Into the, the face of You're every welcome. child. You're <laughs> welcome. So the final night of the show. The final we, um, night. And this is for all of the, uh, the, the melodramas, the popcorn throwing melodramas. Mm-hmm. The final night is shenanigans night where the actors kind of add some stuff. Uh, usually we'll meet up with the stage manager about three, four days ahead of time and let her know, like, these are the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. And she'll help us set them up. If she has stuff she wants to do, she'll talk to us about it. And, and we kind of help facilitate that. Uh, and there were a few things. There were a few things that were added to the show that were really fun. Uh, one of the things that I added, uh, and this is the difference between what I did and what other people did was, you know, a lot of other people plan things to just mess with other actors. No, that's where, not cool. Where I, uh, I added elements like from a director standpoint, like I added bits. Mm. Um, here's an example. After my first scene, and I, f- I had my first talk with Sweeney Todd, and he goes away, and I walk down the stairs. And I don't know, you probably remember this. Oh, yeah. I walk down the stairs, the lights come down, and there's the one spotlight. Spot. Mm-hmm. So I stand there, and I start, like, this is something I worked out with the, the lighting guy up in the uh, in the booth. I start giving my monologue, you know, where I'm like, you know, I, 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 a string of pearls, which you'll never realize is fake. And while Do I'm giving that dialogue, <laughs> <laughs> a string of pearls, which the, the likes of which you're inexperienced, I would never reckon them. <laughs> Uh, See, that's great. So while that's happening, though, he's slowly bringing the spotlight down. Nice on you. And like, I just kind of stop in the middle of it and go, oh, no, no, uh, uh, back up, back up. And the light comes back on. I'm like, okay. And I start giving the line again. And then the lights Good come down me. again. And then he turns on the lights in another part of the stage. Oh, so you can, like move over? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and so I move over to where the light is and I start giving the light, turns that light off, turns the light up on where the chair is. So now I'm running around up oh, the stairs great. to where the chair is, and I start giving my line again, and I'm, uh, I'm almost to, lights down, spotlight back up. I run back down to the spotlight, <laughs> immediately out. Another one comes on. I go, and then the other one comes back, and I come back, and I kind of stay. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so then I start to give the line, and he slowly starts to bring it down, and I like speed through the last part of my model. Nice. And uh, you're like it, Daffy Duck. That, it was that from was exact from Duck, Duck Amuck. Amuck. Yeah, that was exactly the plan. Where I talked to him, I was like, "Are you familiar with Duck Amuck? And he's like, "Is that the Looney Tunes cartoon where Daffy keeps fighting with Is the it? animator?" Of course. I said, "Dude, only the greatest mm-hmm. fucking Looney Tunes cartoon." Uh, so that was exactly the uh, the inspiration uh, for that. Hilarious. Uh, and then uh, the other big thing that I added in was when uh, my French character gets killed. Oh, uh, I I do this whole prolonged death sequence where I go down the stairs. It was pretty long to, uh, <laughs> uh, the last time we saw it. It had it doubled like in this. length. Thank you. <laughs> Something you'll never hear. I go down the stairs on the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm just about at like the front of the stage, and I'm like, <laughs> and I start coughing, and a waiter comes over and brings me a glass of water. Oh, nice. And he sits down, and I kind of I drink my water, mm-hmm. and I give it back to him. And then uh, he's just kind of sitting there for a second. I look at him, and he's like, it's going to be two bucks. And I just wave them off. <laughs> and then they bring up a spotlight on me. And I take off my wig. Oh! And I look up at the light. And I start, <laughs> I dreamed a dream of days gone by. When hope was high and life worth living. <laughs> Did you really start thinking that? Yes. That's hilarious. Uh, hey, Jenny, you know that now. Let me wrong. And I took off the hair as if I was I had sold my hair. Oh, that's amazing. And so then I put my wig back on. I go, and I, and I head back up to the chair. Oh, that's funny. Where I look, and Patrick's just sitting there, because he didn't know this was going to happen. Of course not. He's just sitting there, like, waiting. Then he gets up and kind of wipes off the seat for me to get on it. Nice. I get on the chair. And he fucking, like, if I had served the volleyball, mm-hmm. he spikes it right in my fucking oh, face. Oh, what did he do? Because he's fucking amazing. Uh, he he just stops and he goes, I haven't heard Les Mis sung that horrible since Russell Crowe. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, it was, it was oh, fantastic. Oh, but the audience loved they it. They did. They oh. fucking, they Sorry, lost Sorry, we missed it, And man. I broke on stage. Like, I, <laughs> I broke. Whatever. It's a lot of shit. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah. That was that was my my oh, other big bit. Yay! It was fun times. Oh, I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, but uh, you 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 got to see the run twice. So I did. That's better that's, the second time. That's more than any of my family members. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my sisters. Listen, uh, uh, for weekends the time to come on out. Weekends book up fast, you know. When you have true. kids, when you have family. Yeah, I know. And yeah, your was, wife made it out. My wife made it. She's did, got a yeah, kid. She did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your yeah, friends made it out. My, my sister twice. Older sister didn't have shit to do. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. she a podcast listener? Will she hear this? No, she won't. All right. It's okay. <laughs> uh, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with you. 
our lovely Editing Bay listeners and with each other, and we'll try to dissect it, pull it apart, see what it did right, what it did wrong, and then uh, find out if we can put it back together again our own way. Mm. We invite you to take part in the discussion. Uh, join us on Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or in the search function. Put in the Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and uh, that's where you can talk back to us. And um, this one was a highly uh, requested film. It's been on the list for quite some time, uh, recommended by several people. I don't even remember who the first person was who uh, who uh, caused us to add it to the list. But, uh, yeah, uh, we figured uh, coming up at the end of the school season, people are graduating. Your lovely wife, Joe, yeah, by the way. she's graduating this weekend. She's graduating for the second, third time. Woohoo! Uh, so people are uh, going to proms, going to graduation ceremonies, That's and right. uh, what better way to celebrate the end of another school year than by revisiting uh, one of the greatest? No, I'm, I'm really <laughs> <Is it? laughs> overselling that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll Say, see uh, what you think about Ten Things I Hate About You, a high school romance movie um, mm-hmm. based on uh, based on Kiss Me Kate, William, which is based on <laughs> the Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Um, and the, then the Kenneth Branagh adaptation, which was based on. <laughs> Taming of the Shrew by William S. Shakespeare. Uh, Esquire. That's right. <laughs> and Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> uh, but something that you might not know, Joel, mm. is that following this movie up was a film called Deliver Us from Eva, Oh, which was also based on Taming of the Shrew. Let's see. Which starred LL Cool J and Gabriel Union. Oh, she's been in two adaptations <laughs> yeah, now, huh? she sure has. Please tell me she wasn't playing the same role. No, she wasn't. As she the was, bitchy friend. I think she was playing the Bianca, uh, the cat role. Yeah. Oh, this. look. And it was like five years later, 2003. Yeah. Gabriel Union, LL Cool J. Uh-huh. Essence Atkins. Yeah, and somebody's name <laughs> in the movie was D'Artagnan. Yeah. Who else is in this? Mel Jackson? Those are all the people I know. Yeah. Oh. Coming soon to an episode of the editing bay? Is it? I mean, we've already done an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew by the time <laughs> this is done. You never have too many Shakespeare adaptations. Hey, he's one of, of the these same days, show? <laughs> one of these days, we'll do that Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, yeah. yeah with Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. Extravaganza. With the amazing soundtrack. Uh, uh, does it? That does it have a good soundtrack? soundtrack. I don't yeah. remember the soundtrack to that. Well, oh, I guess we'll have to revisit it and find out. Production of that. But just like every Baz Luhrmann movie, the first 10 minutes is so fucking Ooh, breakneck. Good luck getting through it. Jesus. That's that's the test. If you can make it through. I feel like that's what he's doing that on purpose. Yeah. Like I'm going to challenge you as an audience member. <laughs> like Moulin Rouge. Every, every I feel like I'm, I'm going to get motion sick watching the first 10 minutes of Moulin Rouge. It's, it's like a bad acid trip. Yeah. But then it finds its fucking pace. Mm-hmm. And it's fant- it's it's such a beautiful story. And then it just coasts to yeah. an end. Yes, like all of his films. <laughs> well, maybe not Australia. And somebody dies. Australia just kind of crawls. Never saw that one the entire time. Yeah, like a goanna. Ga- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 1999's Ten yes. Things I Hate About You, mm-hmm. starring Heath Ledger and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Julia Stiles, uh, David Krumholtz. Yeah, a lot of f- famous notes. And in here. Uh, and my man, my friend, mm? Larry Miller. Dude. I fucking love Larry Miller, and like these are the he's always kind of playing this same type of role. I yeah. feel like there was that from uh, well, late nineties to early two thousands. Yeah, up until this this movie, he usually played like super just bit roles, and he was always just like the asshole, it's like a car salesman, yeah. or yeah, a dirty cop. Or, well, mm-hmm. I never played that, but let's let's see what Larry Miller. I've got done. a little bit of a he was in Necessary Roughness, the Nutty Professor. Larry Miller and I mm-hmm. have a little bit of a history. What? Uh, like you've, you've met him before. I've, I've huh? met him hmm. like three times in a two-day span. <laughs> because you were stalking him? <laughs> N- no. Okay. Um, so this is back when I was working at iHeart, and I got tickets to go see him uh, do his one-man show at the Eisman. Mm. And uh, I remember and, that from a few years back. Yeah, and I, I used to be a, I was a big fan of his podcast, his appearances on the Adam Carolla podcast. Right, me too. And, uh, and so he, his one-man it was really funny, super funny, and he came out and met with Everyone who came to see he the show sounds in the like lobby. the nicest dude ever. Super fucking nice. Yeah. So we, uh, I meet up with him and I was like, dude, I really enjoy you on your podcast. I really love listening to you on Adam Carolla. I'm like, could you just do one thing for me? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Can you record the outgoing no, no, message no. on I was my like, cell can phone? You do, can you do one thing for me? Can you give me a come on? Oh yeah. Because that's the thing he does. He's oh, he always goes come on. Yeah. Uh, and he laughed and he told a story about like what the origin of that was. Oh. Uh, the first time he actually did that. He's telling it, this just to you? Just to me. Wow. And why it became a bit. And I was like, oh, that's really great. He's like, so, okay, so you ready? And I was like, yeah. He goes, come on. And I was just, thank you so much. I we took a picture. Uh, and uh, and I went on my way. Do you have that photo that we I can do. put on, it's the, on the Facebook, Facebook page? Yeah, I've got it on my Facebook uh, page. Well, no, it's a horrible picture page. of me, but I was really thrilled to meet we'll him. F- we'll crop you out. I was worry. probably about 
as bad as I feel about how I look right now, it's probably a good 20 pounds heavier then. No, oh, um, good for you. So, uh, so then the next day I'm at work mm-hmm. and oh yes, yeah. Did I tell you about that? No, but it would so, make sense. So you would I'm, be doing an appearance. Yeah, I'm at work and um, uh, Jim from the Bow and Jim Show. Uh, These are all local Dallas references, yeah, by Jim, the way. Jim Jim White, yeah, sure. Jim White from the Bow and Jim Show. He he uh, comes to my door and he's like, "Hey, Joe, you got a minute?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got a minute." And so I walk out. He's like, hey, uh, Larry, I want to introduce you to this guy. He's really, he's so funny. He's so talented. No we way. love working with him. Uh, I thought he might get a kick out of meeting you. Larry, this is Joe. Joe, this is Larry Miller. And I look at him, and he looks at me and immediately goes, come on. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what's he going on? You. Yeah, he did. I was waiting for you to tell me, like, <laughs> he didn't remember you at all from the night before. Yeah, no. He that would have been funny. He but was this super, is super, super cool. He cooler. was like, how are you doing? I, wow, I didn't think I'd be running into you so soon. And, <laughs> and we kind of had a talk and whatever. And I was, he was, uh, and Jim was like, yeah, he's Larry's in town. He's doing a show. I go, I know. I saw him last night. Yeah, had he not pieced the clues together? No, he didn't. <laughs> I guess he thought that we just knew each other. Uh, and Jim was like, he's oh, my uncle. Okay. So, uh, so he's like, yeah, I just want to make sure you guys met. I was like, no, it was it's a pleasure. Larry, oh. seriously, it was a pleasure. I'm so glad that we ran into each other like this. Is it, oh. You know, uh, next time you're in Dallas, you know, I, I hope to see you again. And so I went on and I did my work, mm-hmm. and I was just wrapping up around this time. Mm-hmm. And I go out, and I'm heading down the hallway. I'm checking out with my boss. And as I'm leaving his office, um, Larry Miller and his wife slash manager mm, yeah. are, like, walking down the hallway. And he stops me, and he's like, hey, Joe, um, <laughs> look, we're uh, <laughs> we're kind of done, and we don't know how to get out of here. So could you help us get down to our car? I was like, I would be absolutely honored to. Please come with me. And so I brought them down, and the whole like the elevator ride down. He's asking me about my life and oh, like what I do, how long I've been in radio. And uh, as I walk him to his car, uh, he we're, we're walking. We see the Henry S. Miller building that's next to the Cumulus building. He's mm-hmm. like, "Ah, oh, my uncle Henry." And it took me a second. I was like, "Oh, it's like, it's like yeah, ever I'm, the comedian, yeah, totally." Oh, and so that I, makes me love I'll, him even more. I walk him to his car, and he like shakes my hand. He's like. Seriously, Joe, thank you. It's it, it's really an honor to meet you. And uh, he doesn't have to do that. No, he doesn't. This guy's been in the business forever. Yeah. And as I'm walking away, I'm probably about I've probably got about thirty yards away from a thirty five. Uh, and he he yells. He's hey Joe. And I turn around. He goes, come on. He does it one more yes, time. Yes, he did it one more time. And that, so that's my and my then, Larry Miller. And story. then he died in that car accident <laughs> that day later. Rest in peace, Larry Miller. Is it and, like with this flashback of the story? Larry Miller just disappears, like <laughs> like the end of Stand by Me. And we never saw him again. <laughs> lollipop, lollipop, oh, lollipop. Dude, that's so cool, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. So anything that Larry Miller's in, I support. And it, it makes it really easy to do that mm-hmm. when it's a role like this yes. that he plays so well. He's perfect in So this. sincere. Favorite Larry Miller role. Uh, easily. This is easily my favorite so Larry too. Miller role. I think so, too. Uh, and there is a moment at the end of this movie between yes. him and Julia, Julia Stiles, Stiles where he says something along the lines of... Um, you know, it's always tough when a father has to accept the fact that his daughter has taken uh, control of her own life. Yeah. Because now that just makes me a spectator. Yeah. And, like, it was such a touching scene. And the fact that he was able to deliver it with the appropriate amount of, like, gravitas to, like... Right. Even for, like, a teen comedy. That this was, like, a really sincere moment that that played so well. He's And he's making this baseball reference talking about how, you know, you, you had me... Warming up on the bench the last two years, and uh, mm-hmm. at least your sister, at least I get to go to a she couple let me, of games. She let me play a few innings, That's still. what it was. Uh-huh. It was like you, and then soon you'll be going off to college. I want to be able to watch the games. And uh, yeah, really well-written, well-performed, mm-hmm. and totally believable, much like the rest of this film. I yeah. really enjoyed this film, Joe. It's a good, it's a good movie. It's, it's, it's much better than it had to be. I agree. Uh, I still think there were some... There were some moments where this movie wasn't balanced. Yeah. There are some things where I felt like Huh, that doesn't seem to fit in this world that we've created. Like the teacher, the, the okay. English teacher, who's always say, like, shut your dumb ass up. Not only that teacher, I would say all of the faculty seems like they're from another the family. Alice and Janney <laughs> writing the romance novel. <laughs> Isn't, these aren't romance novels. This is like pornography, basically. <laughs> She's asking her friends, like, it's so funny. What's another word for engorge? <laughs> Julia Stiles walks in. Like, yeah. Tumescent. Uh, tumescent. <laughs> uh, so, like, there were some things that I kind of felt like, huh, I want. Yeah, this doesn't belong in this movie. Like, this movie seems to have set a tone, and, like, it sets its signature of what it is, mm-hmm. and then there are a couple of things that are like, well, that's a little outlandish. Can we say all the scenes with the, 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 the teenagers themselves are, are pretty pretty well-balanced, but yeah. anytime there's an adult save for Larry Miller, 
it, it gets a little even the scene where she's trying to sneak Heath Ledger out of detention oh, yeah. uh, and with she, another stand-up comedian who I can't remember his yeah, name yeah uh, it's the he plays the coach and there's like an ongoing gag with him where he keeps getting hit he gets hit by the golf ball earlier yes, and he, he gets, gets hit with the arrow, with the arrow. <laughs> uh, David Leisure is the actor's name and he plays Mr. Chapin yeah but uh, she distracts him uh, by showing her tits her tits like this is high school this uh-huh. is yeah first of all it's one thing for a teacher to like tell students to shut up and go to hell and there's cursing and he sends Julia Stiles to the detention for, for no reason for, no reason. <laughs> for having an opinion basically um, I get where they're coming from but uh, yeah it did seem a little out of place with the rest of the film it seemed a little out of place um, it, it it's also kind of an example of bad writing where she's trying to she's trying to distract him yeah, so Heath Ledger gets out and she's like I just I have an idea for how we can win the game right we make them look left and then we go right mm-hmm. and we win well, how do we make them look like, like okay, this is I know. Ma- just spend about two more minutes in creating your, de- because even this is so rudimentary yeah. uh, and and too convenient that it, it makes it a little tough to swallow as Heath Ledger sneaking out of the, the She classroom. seems embarrassed, like performing the scene, Julia Stiles, and, and I, I feel like that was genuine embarrassment. Not only that she's yeah. been demoted to, hey, you're just a young blonde, why don't you just show your tits? She can, Which is totally, <laughs> totally the antithesis of... Of the, who character. the character's supposed to be, and I guess you can make the uh, the point that well, she's so above it all. She's using her her womanly guiles to uh, she, to, she to plays in it. That's when guys it, that does it speaks to the mentality of the men in the movie too. That like when she acts like how they want her to act, mm-hmm. they don't question it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you brought up like this is high school because this is high school, Joel. And I don't know <laughs> if you remember your high school years. But like if I, I was at a if I was at a park in the city for two minutes longer than it was open, mm-hmm. like I had a, a police officer finding me somewhere and like getting me out of there. Oh right. Um, meanwhile, Campus Heath Ledger's police. going to a bar and like drinking beer. He's openly and smoking play, openly and during school during, hours. During school hours, he's playing pool bar. But the even also, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and David Krumholtz are going into a, like They're these just chilling. These kids are going in and out of bars like it's a mall arcade, <laughs> yes. and no one is saying anything about it. Yeah. Well. You got to find some place to to have these scenes that are go to the peach pit. Yeah, I guess so. You know every every decent you know and I was like nine hundred two one zero. They had a place where the kids hung out. Mm -hmm. Dawson's Creek. It was kind of Dawson's River. Dawson's River is (laughs) referenced in this film. Yes, Uh, and and like Buffy the Vampire Slayer had their club that they went to. That's right. Conch Club. It was the uh, it was the answer Conch Club. You know what I love about Genesis? Take here? it up with Kanja Club. She uh, <laughs> she she discovered all the Star Wars films kind of like within an 18-month period, God uh-huh. bless your soul, because when, when Force Awakens was announced, was coming out, and she saw my excitement, she wanted to be able to share it with me. So she had me load her laptop up with the, the original trilogy, and where'd you go? You went to like Miami something, right, on a on a, on a, on a business trip? Quiet, Jenna. And uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, so she like... Watched all the films like on the airplane and came back and like had notes written and she was like, "What do what? Oh, let me make sure I get the story straight and all the all the connections." So she was really just kind of like <laughs> knee deep in it. This is all from Force Awakens too. Yes. Like random. Well, I to so we finally see Force Awakens, uh, you know, several times when it comes out in theaters, and uh, she she refers to the cantina scene from A New Hope as uh, oh the the Conjure Club. They go to Conjure Club. What? <laughs> she it's doesn't the most Eisley Cantina. I know, but, but everything's Conjure Club now, so. <laughs> Yes, I go to Kanja Club. Ask Kanja Club. <laughs> I love that guy. I don't work with Kanja Club. <laughs> that was my one of my only beefs with that with that Star Wars movie is that, that like, scene. That scene they like reference shit that I'm like I don't know what they're talking about. It's fine. Listen, but they they do they're that talking about the other... it like I know where they're going. I mean, that's true. In the first one, he talks about going to Tashi Station, even though there's a cut scene where they're at Tashi Station. Yeah. And so, uh, so that kind of makes a little more sense. So, ten things I hate about you. Hey, solo uh, reviews for Solo <laughs> are hitting today. Have you, yeah, uh, you read anything? No, I've seen reactions? Solo. Mario Van Peebles, nineteen ninety seven. Solo, Han Solo, a Star, Star Wars. Hans Olo, <laughs> a Star Wars story. That's really hard to say. My name is Hans Olo. <laughs> Uh, That's what I want to do now. I want to make a movie about a German guy Hans named Olo. Hans Olo. <laughs> yeah, wait for Lucasfilm to. Uh, Hello, my name is Hans Olo, and their lawyers to track you. What down. they can't, they can't what, trademark whatever. That. They're suing Denny's. Okay, they can sue anybody. <laughs> Why are they suing Denny's? Actually, no, I, I've got that wrong. They can't sue Denny's. They're suing. <laughs> they have a licensing agreement. They're, they're suing Rim Ventures. 
Yeah, there's a guy who created uh, what's what's the game that apparently Han Solo wins the uh, Sabak Sabak. There you go. So uh, it wasn't trademarked apparently, and these guys made this this actual card game of Sabak. They made, a, they made an app. What? They made an app. I'm sorry, not a card game. Hasbro Whatever. made a game too, and they had to change the name to the Han Solo card game. That's and, not and any they, better. And they couldn't call it Sabak Sabak. But Whatever. they can call it the Han Solo card. Like that's just his trademark. Yes. Anyway, all Hans this to say, Olo Lucasfilm is very litigious. So uh, I bid you uh, good luck. Thank you very in much. Your ventures. I appreciate that. Ten things I hate about you. 1999 PG 13. Uh-huh. Hour and 37 minutes. Uh, rated. Let's see what it's rated on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think it is? I feel like I feel like this film has aged well. Seven point four. Oh, we're gonna get really granular with it then. <laughs> Ten. A, a 74. 74%. Ooh, you say 74? Jenny, want to get in on this action? What do you think 10 Things I Hate About You is rated? At least so. Okay, so we're doing over under. <laughs> 62% oh, with wow. critics. 69% with audiences. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wow, that's lower than I it thought. It is lower. Be. It should be higher. I put this uh, squarely in the 80s yeah. for my taste. It's pretty strong. I mean, not that the movie doesn't have its problems. Um, like, every scene in this film opens with some kind of music cue. Like, to the point where it gets exhausting. It's totally 90s, too. There's so many, like, every time some new character hits the screen, mm-hmm. a new sound cue, some other 90s song starts playing. Yeah. The fucking party scene at... It, okay, first, I love that there's a party that's planned at some dude's house who has no idea Doesn't that it's know. fucking happening. Yeah. The fact that they have this killer party at some geek's house mm-hmm. and everybody's fucking going... It's like weird science. Yeah. All over again. But, like... You would think, oh, it's it's this dude's such a like. I don't want to go to this nerd's house for a party, but everybody fucking shows up. They bring their own sound systems. They, they also bring their own speakers. They all arrive at exactly the they, same moment. Too. How do they get a keg? How do these kids have <laughs> multiple a keg? kegs? Yeah, yeah. How do they have them? How do they get them? Like, I I want to know because I want to go back in time and tell the teenage version of me. <laughs> oh, hey, this is how you get it. Yeah, getting beer was uh like that was the daily rich. Uh, you know, uh, Goal. Yeah. Like, who are we going to... Beer and cigarettes. Who do we know who's over 21? Who's going to get that for us? Mm-hmm. And usually you had to pay them a pretty penny, too, That's just right. to get you some beer. Um, but the parties who went, they don't even get all the way through a song, and they cut to another person, and another song is fucking playing. Yeah. How long is this party going on? How much time has passed? Who knows? And hey, they got to sell CDs, man, and the soundtrack. I guess so. Re- that was that was a big thing. Recoup the losses in case the movie isn't very good. But but how did the movie do? Do you know what the uh, what the box office was on this? Uh, let's look it up. Let's go to Wikipedia. Sure. Find out. While you're doing that, mm. uh, I do want to talk about how, even though he was the antagonist of this film, the uh, the Joey character, fucking cracked me up. Yeah. All the time when he was talking about his modeling gigs and stuff. <laughs> yes. And he kept like he had his bits with the Bianca character where he's like, "Which one do you like? This one or the like?" It rang. Uh, similar to uh, Chris Hemsworth in the Ghostbusters remake. Did you watch that? I still have not seen that. Ah, shit. No. He has a bit where he's like, what makes me look smarter, with glasses or without? Like, <laughs> it, what makes me look more like a scientist, with glasses or without glasses? Uh-huh. And he puts on these glasses, but they don't have any glass in them. Oh, he's wow. just wearing glassless <laughs> just glasses. Frames. So when he's showing her the pictures, he's like, which one's better? And it's him in the same pose, but with two different colored shirts. <laughs> like, that, it reminded me of that. Or when he's at the party and he's doing the different poses, like... This one's swimwear. Yeah. This one's, you know, this one's uh, underwear ad. I enjoy the scene with uh, the character Michael, played by... Uh, David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz, who I love. Uh, and he's he's trying to get him to... Uh, it, that's how this plot all kind of kicks off. Mm-hmm. But in order to, to actually sit down and have a conversation with him, because he's a nerd, right? We don't talk to the jocks. No. Uh, so he lets him uh, draw with a Sharpie on his face. <laughs> Just a huge, huge dick on the side of his... And, it, and he doesn't know what is being drawn in his face. He's continuing to talk while he's, uh, he's got Sharpie to skin. <laughs> yes. And then the payoff happens like a scene later when he finally talks to Joe Golev, tells him the plan, and then just that last shot, he's like... There's a dick on my face, isn't it? <laughs> and it, and it's one of those deliveries that only David Krumholtz could give you. He's great in this. He he really is good. I'm convinced that he ages about two years though <laughs> between the beginning of this movie and the end of it. Oh yeah. When he's dressed up for prom at that's the end, true. He looks considerably older. He's also about like fifty pounds lighter. It seems. Yeah. I don't know if that's just the wardrobe, the loose clothing. They it were... may have been that they had to come back for reshoots or something, and he may have hit a growth spurt. Hmm. Uh, it happens. In his high school. With uh, with child actors. And he had to have been in his late teens, early 20s yeah. when he did this. In its opening weekend, the film grossed uh, $8 million. 
Wow. In the U.S., averaging about three thousand. Uh, let's that, see what else. United States. I feel like that's successful. I can't imagine this movie costing more than eight million dollars. Fifty-three to make. million worldwide. No, but if you were to try to assemble this cast, this cast of all stars in yeah. the year twenty eighteen, it would be impossible because Heath Ledger's dead. Oh man, <laughs> that would be pretty tough. You know what was nice though? It was nice uh, kind of seeing hints because I haven't seen too many Heath Ledger films, and the one I've seen the most obviously is Dark Brokeback Knight. Mountain. Oh. <laughs> But uh, there's that little, or the Patriot. There are little moments. Oh, yeah, another good one. There are little moments where you can kind of see the Joker. No, no. <laughs> not a fan of the Patriot. No, <laughs> the look you gave no. me when I said that. You did what my dog does when she hears <laughs> the a confused the little doggy tilt. <laughs> it's uh, my Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. Really, Mel Gibson, right? Mel Gibson film. <laughs> yeah, the yes, it sure was. All right, touche. I think Logan Lerman was in that too. Oh, was he? Is, oh, was that him as a little kid? I think so. Wow. Uh, but you get to see um, not. In, in Heath Ledger a uh, little little bits of the Joker, little some glimpses. of the smiles he does, some of the yeah. delivery he does, uh-huh. and uh, man, especially that one scene where he's talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's like, "Look, we're both going to be in a Batman movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about that? Who Each knew? of us is going to be in a Batman movie. Who knew someday. the Joker and, uh, and Robin, Robin went to the same high school? Yeah, mm-hmm. in in Padua, uh, pa- Padua. Is it Padua? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Because my young Padua. Uh, <laughs> I killed younglings. <laughs> he also has one of my favorite lines that of Heath Ledger, where uh, when Jogo Lev and Michael are trying to tell him about their plan, because it's this whole convoluted. Of course, but we haven't even talked about what like based the on plan Shakespeare. Is. Yeah, yeah, so let's let's go through real quick. So the plot is um, Jogo Lev shows up to school. I guess it's his first year as a freshman. Yeah, and uh, Michael's giving him the tour, and of course he gets he becomes smitten. Uh, love at first sight with uh, Bianca, Bianca, who is the younger sister of the Julia Stiles character, Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, where do you go from there? Well, so, because Cat, Cat, and, uh, and Bianca, uh, mm-hmm. Larry Miller's an overprotective father. Yes, and he he's a doctor who uh, I guess he specializes <laughs> yeah. in birth and in, in in young teenagers. Yeah, young teenagers stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so he's he keeps his uh, daughters under heavy lock and key. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells his youngest daughter Bianca, she, "You cannot date unless your older sister dates." That's right, because he knows nobody wants to date. Nobody her. wants to date her, mm-hmm. uh, and so he feels like that's a win win situation for him. Um, and so, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt finds out about this and talks with David Krumholtz and they come up with a plan like, okay, we need to figure out a way to get someone to date Kat. Mm-hmm. How can we do that? Um, we need somebody just crazy enough to do it. Yeah. And it's Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Well, Heath Ledger's not going to do it for free. So they go find this Joey guy, the, uh, who also wants to get with Bianca yep. and they, they kind of make him think like, Hey, we can get Bianca on the market for you if you pay this guy to date Kat. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of levels going yeah. on here. Well, just like a Shakespeare comedy. Yeah. And uh and so that's kind of where where this uh it takes off from here where Heath Ledger agrees to uh to take money to take this girl out on dates and realizes he's developed feelings for her. So as uh, as Jogo Lev and Michael are, are telling him this plot because Jogo wants to get with Bianca and Joey wants to get with Bianca and he's like, "What is it with this chick? She have beer flavored nipples?" Nipples. <laughs> I got a nice little chuckle out of him. <laughs> uh, he's so charming in this movie. Yes. Like, you, you're reminded because, you know, the stuff I saw Heath Ledger in was like Monster's Ball, where he dies in like the first half hour of the Ooh. movie. Um, you know, The Patriot, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Parnassus. Did you see that? Yeah, I was I about did. to bring that I up as a joke. It. And it, was, uh, it, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, but Dark Knight is what I know Heath Ledger best from. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see him in a role like this. And go, oh, okay, well, this explains everything. Like, he's so fucking charming. Oh. He's such a pretty guy to look at. Just super talented. Yeah, like, yeah you, you would expect him to be more vapid than he ends up being. But, like, he has that scene where he's, like, singing and dancing. Like a fucking, like a Hugh Jackman on Broadway. Yeah, I, he's the greatest showman, but, Joe. But what kid in 1998, 1999 okay, well, is going to sing Frankie Valli to a girl to win her over? <laughs> this whole, yeah, it seems yeah, a little I, dated, right? That, that's definitely coming from someone like that wrote the script that yeah. was a little too old. Like, it should have been something a little more period, a little you know, closer period. I think it was, and they couldn't get the rights to it. Yeah. I think I remember reading that in the trivia. It was going to be uh, like a... Uh, An outcast song. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar Ray, actually. I am forward. Dude, that would have been great. Another Sugar Ray movie. <laughs> it was Daughtry. That <laughs> but that, so that that kind of threw me for a loop, the uh, fact that he, he was singing Frankie Valli. Yeah. But, it, you know, if you can look past that, it is. It is it's fun to see him do that thing. Mm-hmm. He slides down the, uh, the the light pole or whatever, and he's, he's down the on the field. He the marching band to play uh-huh. along with him. Uh-huh. Uh, and that made everything okay. 
maybe also part of my problem with the movie though is that we go we keep going through this ebb and flow uh these peaks and valleys of Okay, he's piqued her interest. He's piqued her interest. She's and, a, and then, then things go downhill. Yes. And then he's piqued her interest. Piqued her, and things go downhill. And Even then, at the end of the film, like though there's five minutes but, left in the film, and they still manage to have conflict. Yeah, well, because she has to find out. She had. She has to know the ruse that happened, and, and rightfully so, because uh, if it would have ended any other way, would have been very unsatisfying. He would have gotten away with it without any consequences. Although he kind of does get away with it. He kind of does. He buys her a guitar in the end. Um, and, uh, part of the part of my problem with that character is there were so many times where he could have straight up told her at any point, like, "Hey, just um, FYI," like after their paintball battle, uh, which is a weird thing. Do, Joe, to just you ever do on the fly with a girl? Just first of all, usually shoot paintball gun at her face. It wasn't even a paintball gun. They were like. Lobbing paintballs. They didn't at have each guns. Other. Like I thought they had guns baseball too. Side. No, no, no. They're just like throwing, just throwing them paintballs at each other, which I didn't realize was a thing. I didn't either. Maybe I thought those were like grenades. Maybe somebody deemed guns uh, paintballs oh. uh, too violent. They would have made this a rated when R did, film. Uh, when did Columbine happen? Yeah, this would have been right after Columbine, nineteen ninety nine. Is when this film came out. Yeah. Um, let's see. When did Columbine so, happen? So they probably Alexa. <laughs> when was Columbine? <laughs> Joel wants reports from the NFL Combine? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I await with bated breath. Well, you know what? This uh, may blow a hole around a theory because April 20, 1999. Oh. And I believe this film was released uh, right before, before that. Before. Yeah. Well, we don't have a date on it, but either way, same year. It would have been too quick, uh, too soon yeah, to, to do have, reshoots. To have, yeah. Although we say that, and yet Man, an Oscar-nominated film <laughs> last year, they completely... Mm. Reshot an entire part, yeah, for uh, that um, that Kevin Spacey film. It only took a month or two. They did it in a week, did they? Yeah, yeah. Over Thanksgiving so weekend, they added the shawarma scene in like three days. That's right to the Avengers. Hey, you know a little bit of uh, trivia about that scene. You know why like Chris Evans because uh, he's got a beard. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, let me ask the question before you fucking. I know no, you knew I'm it. I'm not gonna. Ask, Maybe I'm the gonna audience didn't this is know. A stupid Joe. question because it's a ten year old question. Oh, let's do this again. Hey, Joe, you know that scene, that shawarma scene at the end of Avengers? Oh, at the Avengers? end of the first Avengers yeah. movie? <laughs> I didn't even, well, you didn't even ask the question yet. I give up. Let's go. You didn't even ask the question. <laughs> it's okay. We all know it now. <laughs> what was he filming at the time? Uh, he was filming Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Where he has a huge beard. Really great movie, guys. That's what I hear. Yeah, You haven't seen Snowpiercer? No, I have not. Get the fuck out of town. Uh, we are. That movie is We're fucking going on a great. road trip. That movie is sleep. so fucking good. All right. We'll watch it from the road. Why are you yelling at me about because not having seen Snowpiercer? Because it's so good. You should have seen it. Did you see you Annihilation don't like yet? Men in Black. So I could should be yelling at you, sir. No, I don't. Did you like Annihilation? My brother agrees with Did you, you by the way. About Annihilation yeah. or about Men in Black? About Men in Black. Oh. I've disowned well, him. <laughs> your brother doesn't like the movie Men in Black, or he just doesn't, <laughs> he just like, doesn't black like men? Any, no, any <laughs> men wearing a black suit, he doesn't like men in black. Ah, they can gotcha. be chartreuse. I don't trust men in cashmere. They can be uh, <laughs> magenta. Oh, magenta. But no black that one suits. Just dances off the lips. <laughs> um, oh, that, uh, guns. So maybe guns. maybe they couldn't have had guns or, or whatever. Um but the uh, the overhand paintball experience, no, that's something that I never, I never experienced. That I've never felt the need to get in a paddle boat with somebody, <laughs> like one of those paddle boats. It's uh, so romantic, Joe. Is it? Yeah. But he had like that was the golden opportunity, though. Was they're sitting there after they had this beautiful day? She broke him out of a detention. Mm-hmm. That would have been the perfect time to go. You know what? Hey. I want to come clean with you about Gotta something. Got to come clean, yeah. Uh, this actually all started because such and such wanted, he wanted to pay me to date you so yeah. that way your little sister could date him. Well, but things and are going And I want you to so know well. that like, things are going great. Like, I really do like you, uh, and this isn't about that anymore. Like, oh. I, I, and I'd, I'd give it the whole, like, but they're kids, and that's how, you know, kids don't think that way. But right. they've already established in this movie that these children... Have the the, <laughs> the emotional more and adult than relationship presence mm-hmm. of fucking thirty two year old, uh, and so it's it's surprising to me that that doesn't you know come across anybody's mind that they're like you know what maybe we should come clean no because we need that conflict all the way up until the end Joe there's a little too much conflict though yeah. like there's the the party scene where Heath Ledger is getting Julia Stiles out of the party um, I I do kind of like that sequence where she's like. Your eyes have green in them, and then just pukes, pukes. on his <laughs> yeah. uh, But then, like, she's Joseph, adorable. Joseph Gordon Levitt, who has a thing for, for Bianca, mm-hmm. he agrees to drive her home, gets her home, and then just fucking, like, flies off the handle on her. Yeah. 
and and says something to the effect of like, I learned French for you. Like, dude, that was your choice. You're like this whole time you've been trying to trick her yes. into liking Stop you. Stop victim blaming. Exactly. So now because she doesn't feel the way that you want her to feel towards you, mm-hmm. that's not her fault. Like, you might not be her type. Mm-hmm. Could that ever fucking... The fact that she said, like, yeah, I'll go sailing with you. You know what? Sometimes girls try to be nice to a guy. They don't right. want to break his fucking heart. They don't heart. want to be a bitch. And because asking a high school girl that you just met, you want to go sailing with me sometime? Yeah. Fucking sailing? What are we, are we going to have some fucking cheese and wine, too? <laughs> sailing? Not very woke of him. No. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she would be like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Don't fucking yeah, don't don't start blaming her because she's not giving you what you want because that is just as bad as what this Joey character is doing. Well, again, they're trying to follow the beats of Taming of the Shrew and maybe a little too closely. Um, but uh, I don't know. I it, it's refreshing to see this again. The plot's not too complicated, but it's just complicated enough to to, to believe all the motivations of all the the characters and to have a cast of you know a dozen or so. That you kind of feel like when you walk away from this film, I got to know all these characters. I got to feel a little bit for everybody. There's no aside from Joey, which uh, in, again in Shakespeare comedies, there's always one like pure evil guy who's only doing it for for his own reasons. And even he's kind of sometimes likable. He, he is likable. I thought he was funny, but he's never. But he is obviously the villain, uh, and I don't think he he learns anything at for the sure. end. For sure, um, gets his car. How about when Bianca's penetrated. best friend Chastity just does a complete one eighty on okay, her? Okay, and another thing for no reason that seemed. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, why are you and, being so cruel? Like, at prom, she's like, yeah, well, Joey's going to bang you tonight. Like, she's, <laughs> she straight up says that. She yeah. says, Joey picked me up for the prom. Guess you thought He's, you, you thought were the, you were the only, only sophomore. sophomore. Well, I'm here too, but Joey's got plans. He's going to bang you tonight. Like, really? Yeah. Like, that's that seems... That seems a little odd. Maybe out of jealousy. Maybe she had a thing for Joey the entire time. Why would she say, like, he's going to bang you tonight? Because the information has to be conveyed so that that way she can be pissed so (laughs) she can knock him out and save the uh, day. That is sloppy. That is is a sloppy way to Tell it to Shakespeare, buddy. Tell it to one of the greatest auteurs. Who they reference way too much in this movie. It's a little too winky and naughty. Yeah, like, we get it. We get it. Fucking protagonist of this, his name is fucking Patrick Verona. Yes. Like the fucking town in Italy where Romeo and Juliet takes place. Yeah. We fucking get There's it. There's some lines that are just flat out lifted from other Shakespeare. There's a fucking character in this movie who has a, like, she loves Shakespeare so much. Mm-hmm. She's convinced she's dating him. Yes, that's right. Who... Who we we are introduced to in like the third act of the film, and she's apparently Julia Stiles' best friend. She's like the been the BFF, and yet we don't we don't see know them her together until twenty minutes are left in the movie. We didn't even see her and the and the uh, David Crumholtz character together much. No, like they have one conversation after like, my friend likes your friend about how oh you like Shakespeare, I like Shakespeare, and then the next thing you know they're making out at prom. Yeah, like wow for for a character who is like the buffoon. All the way through, you know, riding his bike off of a hill. <laughs> I, really that I like when he when the motorcycle bikers come up next to him and yes. they're like, "Nice bike." He's like, "You think so?" <laughs> and they just He's ride off. In this. He's he is really good. No, but this character, yeah, she was unnecessary. She has one scene like after that. We are introduced to her when she's at her locker, and David Crumholtz is saying, "Like my friend likes your friend." Then like two scenes later, she's walking around with the cat character with Julia Stiles, and they're talking about like. Guys just don't get us. We're just like they have this like sistery. <laughs> like who the fuck are it, you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like why aren't we being introduced to you this late in the film? Who are you? So that was that was kind of a problem that I had with yeah. that too. Mandela was that character. Mandela name. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I have one last question. Let's That's my last it. note. All right. So what are the ten things? The ten. Th- Ooh, it's called ten things I hate about you. It's all. What the, are the ten things? They're all in the poem that she reads at the very end. That very moving scene, Joe. Which uh, I, I got a little choked up. Got a little she, dusty. She, she lists off the ten things that she hates. Yes, she's. Uh, uh, quiet, Jen. Oh my god. <laughs> she knows I do that on purpose. Uh, yeah, let's let's. See I don't remember her poem. That's, that's how much the uh, really her writing her own sonnet meant to me at the they end of the movie. They set that up early in the film. They're like, uh, "Here's your assignment," and she's, and she's like, like, "I really like that assignment." He's like, "Go to the principal's office." <laughs> Here we go. Ten things. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a turn. Oh, that's sweet. Which well, is nice because I like that answer. Ten things I hate Good about answer. you. Joel, Jenna already answered the question. I know, but she doesn't know the poem. Apparently she does. I will tell you what it is. Here it is. 
And I hate everything about you. Everything about you. And I I hate the way you talk to me. Hate the rain and stormy weather. And the way you cut your hair. So it's two. I hate the way you drive my car. Three. I hate it when you stare. Four. I hate your big dumb combat boots. Five. I hate the way you read my mind. Six. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. Seven. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. And even worse, when you make me cry. Wait, so is that 11 things? I think we're uh, way over it. Yeah, that's more than 10 things. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Well, that's like 13. Not even a little bit. That's 13 things I hate about you. Not even at all. <laughs> yeah, that's like 13 things I hate about you. I will not eat green eggs. <laughs> That's the one, right? That's sweet. Yep, yeah, that's that that's a sweet poem. It is sweet. I I, I like it, and I like um yeah the the little twist at the end. Mm. So yeah, do you have any other? A lot more than ten things. No, uh, I I think the writing was really sharp in this film I for think, the most part. It, yes. for, for the most part, it was sharp until they were trying to like spell things out for the audience. Like those those moments, and it happened like maybe every twenty minutes where they tried to spell out this is from that play. <laughs> No, but even the uh, just the dialogue itself and the way, like you said, that that scene that we talked about with Larry Miller, uh-huh. it could have been something much more formulaic and uh, made for TV, and actually had some substance to it and uh, gave me the feels. Speaking of which, there was a made for TV version of this movie that was remade. That's back right. Like, from I can't like, remember, it was like, two thousand nine, ten years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see it? No. Okay. I did not. Nope. Uh, what I liked, just to get back to Larry Miller for just a second. Sure. You, we you, haven't talked enough. No, you mentioned him again. And it made me think about this one thing, uh, this aspect that like every time we're cutting over to Larry Miller, he's in the middle of something ridiculous, doing something so moronic, like he's watching TV commercials for <laughs> hair replacement, <laughs> or he's doing the uh, the sit-up machine. Yeah. And he's like, and seven. He, seven. That's enough. Pretty good. And uh, what makes me laugh about that is I had one of those, and I completely relate to them, where I'm like, <laughs> You want to okay. get your money's worth out yep. of it, but uh, you don't uh, want to strain seven, yourself. That's, uh, that's going to do it. Gotta, or when he's got this, the, the stretchy thing, and it just like, it just flies off. off into the neighbor. But then I love the callback at the, the end of the, the scene. the neighbor throws it back. It's like, thanks, Bob. <laughs> but the fact that you could have this goofy character, that he could do these goofy things, and then turn around and give us that scene that he gives us at the end of the movie... Mm. Is great balance. I wish we had that same kind of balance with the teacher character, with the Alice and Janney character. Yeah. Like, don't even introduce them at all if they're not going to play into the plot. We already have enough characters. We don't need these these, uh, adults. Yeah. They never the, the, The teacher only plays a part as to introduce the William Shakespeare aspect to it. Oh, yeah. Miss Simons. That's it. Mm-hmm. Alice and Janney, I don't even know why the fuck she exists in this I movie. I don't either. It, not that I don't like her. I love her and everything she's in. She's, <laughs> she's so great. fucking funny. Yeah. But it's just it seems like a waste of her talent for yeah. her to be in this yeah. and to not have anything further to do. Um, do you have anything else? No, I don't. All right. Then what did 10 Things I Hate About You do right? Uh, you know, I talked about the, uh, the sharp writing there a bit ago. Um, but, uh, man, again, the cast... What a great cast uh, from Larry Miller all the way down. Everybody kind of holds their own. And apparently they really got along on set. Like they, they really kind of had a friendship over those months. Uh, yeah. and, and it shows. It shows through. There's even a blooper section at the end of the film. If you stick around through the credits. Oh, I didn't. Did you, Joe? No. A couple of bloopers uh, where they're playing. Uh, m- mostly it's uh, d- not David Crumholtz. Is that his name? David? David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz kind of playing uh, gags and breaking character. Uh-huh. Uh, but you can just you get that sense that they really had fun on set. Um, and then they all grew up to be uh, fine actors. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do love his scene where he's getting ready with uh, J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he's like, the last party I ever went to was at Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Man, that was fun. <laughs> it was a great time. <laughs> so I think the cast was the best thing about it. What about uh, you? I, uh, I agree with you. I think the cast in this movie is really, really great. But um, I, I, just to single out a couple of cast members, Heath Ledger... Uh, and and Larry Miller just shine in this. Mm-hmm. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is good, but he is not the Joseph Gordon-Levitt that we eventually no. grow to know. And, and when I saw trailers and and uh, posters for this movie, I thought like he was the lead star. I thought he was the main actor because yeah. you know he's fucking Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? And then to see him play just kind of a bit role mm-hmm. and not even very like you said, he kind of comes off as whiny. Yeah. Um and. That whole love interest is maybe one of the most unbelievable. It really is interesting moments. The fact that it's he's just like, puppy love. He he psycho like crawl drags her over the coals, mm-hmm. and then she kisses him. 
Yeah. And he's like, I'm back in the game. And then by the end, she's like, when are you going to ask me to prom? Yeah. And he's not picking up on these clues. Right? It's a weird dynamic. It, it is It is awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I like the cast, especially Larry Miller and Heath Ledger. I think those those two people really uh, anchor the, the cast mm-hmm. and, and give them a, a base and a place to kind of come back to when things start getting too silly. Uh, even when they have their silly moments, they're kind of like that that safe point that you kind of come back to it, you regroup and then you move on. Uh, and, and they do a great job with that. What did 10 things I hate about you do wrong? Anytime there's an adult, save for Larry Miller on screen, uh, did not enjoy those scenes. Yeah. Didn't enjoy uh, Julie Stiles breaking character to show her tits. Didn't seem like something she would do. Yeah. Not even for Heath Ledger. Mm-mm. Although I'd, I'd show Heath Ledger my tits probably. You still can, but <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's everywhere now. Morbid like you could, you no, could, that's right. He's yeah. looking at my tits. He's, he's probably right looking now. at your tits right now. Going, he's looking at all of our they're, tits. They're beer flavored. <laughs> <laughs> I like your beer flavored nipples, Joe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Alice and Janney keeps making all those like Australia references to him while yeah, he's talking. She's like, "Hop on out of here, little kangaroo. <laughs> Go back to your pouch." <laughs> Uh, what I thought this movie did wrong, I mentioned it earlier. All like the the unnecessary sound cues, uh, which we've we've pointed out, is kind of indicative of a '90s film. Yeah. Uh, but it, it gets to the point where, you, when you've watched enough movies, it becomes really distracting. That you're just trying to get into the story, you're trying to get, and you can't help but notice like. Why did they cut to another sound cue? Yeah. Like, why did they cut to another song? This is half a second later, and they're starting another song. And then it culminates in, not only are we going to play sound cues, we're going to bring in a 90s band. We're bringing in a 90s band that I've never heard of. Letters to Cleo. And to, uh, uh, Oh, was it Letters to Cleo? Letters to Cleo. That came to the, the school? Who's, like, their big hit was a cover song that they had. Yeah. From somebody, I Want You to Want Me, right? Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And then something else they did. But, like... T- how did he Heath get that? Ledger. He's like, it's, I knew a guy. He's like, I pulled a favor. What? From who? <laughs> from who? It's, I know him from work. <laughs> he's a friend from work. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, he's able to get this lead singer from Letters to Cleo to show up to your fucking high school yeah. prom. Like, and then you end up minute. getting fucking yelled at and like smacked down by this girl. And a little surreal. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. A little surreal, though, that uh, they're like then playing on the roof of the school <laughs> well, this, yeah. at the end in this in this never-ending helicopter shot. That's right. I guess maybe they're supposed to be like the Greek chorus. It is. This. It is the Greek chorus in this uh, in this. <laughs> they Shakespeare don't show play. up until like the third act, just like her best friend. There, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you could posit that the best friend is actually a figment of her imagination. Oh, there you go. It's She's the Tyler, hallucinating. The Tyler Durden, but then David Crumholtz would be part of that hallucination too. Maybe right. David Crumholtz doesn't exist either. He's not real. Yeah. Ooh. Now this is this is fun. He's uh he's puck like yes. from a midsummer night's dream. Well, he he very much is. He was a fairy. Yeah. If if you are to I mean if we're not just referencing Taming of the Shrew and they're not. Uh there is some midsummer night's dream action going it's a good on point. in this movie. He's the one who concocts the story. He gets yeah. everything gets the ball rolling. It's mm-hmm. a good point. Maybe yeah. intentional. Yes. Well, um, they spent a lot on that helicopter shot at the end. If so. we were uh, if we were going to remake yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You Today... And it's already been remade, so how why would not? We, uh, how would we do that, Joel? 2018's yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. It's always tough, Joe, because anytime we do a movie that has teenagers in it, I always feel like we need to recast with current teenagers. Yeah, me too, and oh, that's tough, man. It is, uh, and yet I have done that, but I've had to pull an ensemble from a pre-existing property. I have a feeling we did the same thing. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to say it at the count of three? Yeah. One... Two, three. Cast Stranger, of Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, there you go. Oh, fuck. So now it's just going to be. I even called. Now it's going to be a game of who recast who because uh, I had to do some juggling around to make this satisfactory. So right. how many did you do, Joe? Looks uh, like you let me did see. one, quite two, a few. three, four, five, six. You seven, did all eight, the teachers. Nine, ten, eleven. Jesus, I have, have eleven people. Nine. So uh, you didn't do Ms. Perky. I did do Ms. Perky. You did do Ms. Perky. I did Winona Ryder as Ms. Perky. I did as well. <laughs> How about uh, who's the other Mr. Uh, Morgan? Who is he? The teacher? Yeah. That's David Harbor. Oh, interesting. See, yeah. I had David Harbor as the Larry Miller father because oh. he's the father figure in Stranger Things. He's the wow. father figure here. Who was your uh, Larry Miller? Paul Reiser. Oh, dude, that'd be great. Yeah. Mad about you? Yeah, the the neurotic Paul Reiser that I we know and love. Forgot about him, but yeah. I do have the coach. I have Matthew Modine as the coach. Oh, I didn't cast the coach because he kind of looks like him too. Uh, all right, who you got next? Chastity. Oh, you did the best friend. The Gabriel Union mm-hmm. Chastity. Who'd you do there? It's going to be played by Sadie Sink. She played Max. Interesting. See, because, uh, yeah, we were trying to find a way to make her the Julia Stiles character because she's basically that same type of uh, snarky character who doesn't need a man and she's got a lot of spunk in her, uh-huh. but uh, decided way too young. 
to be the uh, okay. the love interest in there. So uh, I actually went with uh, Natalie Dyer as Nancy Wheeler for the uh, Julia Stiles character. So did I. Hey, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Nancy Wheeler, she's going to be my Katarina. She's at the top of the list. So let's work our way back down. All right, how about Joey? Uh, I did Man- Mandela. Did you do Mandela? Nelson Mandela? Yes. No. Uh, I would be free. Man- oh, Mandela's the girl, though, yeah, the woman. Yeah, Mandela's the best friend that we meet in the third act. Who's that, then? Uh, Shannon Purser. Barb. Oh, An- another person we only see once. Oh, good job! <laughs> but they keep referencing her. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Purser is, uh, is Mandela. I didn't do her. So Joey Donner. Joey, I think we probably have the same one there. Uh huh. Yeah, Dacker Montgomery. Montgomery. I Billy? recast him last last time From with CC two. Uh, yeah, in Scooby Doo, he was my Shaggy. Oh, that's right. Oh no, he, he was. was my Fred. The Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'd be weird. It'd be a weird Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, yeah. Nicely done. He will be the uh, the Joey Donner character. All right. Who's next? Uh, David Crumholtz, Michael Ekman. Mm-hmm. Who'd you do? It's going to be uh, Caleb McLaughlin. The Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. I like that. We'll go with that. I did not do him. Oh, you didn't? No. Uh, it could have been any one of those kids at that point. All I didn't right. have a good, uh, didn't have good Bianca Stratford. Oh, actually, you know what? I take that back. What? Um, let's make Michael um, Steve Harrington. Oh, okay, cool. He'll be my Steve Harrington. Okay. Bianca. Bianca. Well, I mean, this is the only other female character. Millie Bobby Brown. There we go. Me too. Mm-hmm. Every little step I take. <laughs> Every time. Uh, so if she's going to be Bianca, yep. I made uh, Finn Wolfhard, Wolfhard uh, the, uh, the Joe Golev Go character. Interesting, because I went with Noah Schnapp, the Will character, but strictly on the look alone. He's got uh-huh. that doe-eyed young boy look. Yeah, but Finn Wolfhard has the... Uh, he's just got that delivery. He's He is going to be the next generation's JGL. You think so? I think so. Oh, strong yeah, words. He is a charismatic kid, man. All right. Well, listen Have to this podcast in 10 years. No, we still Fuck haven't. Fuck me, man. We have it, but uh, not Jeez. yet. I hear uh, it's good. All right. That just leaves uh, from you. Patrick Verona, the Heath Ledger character. Mm-hmm. I think we both went with uh, Jonathan Byers, Charlie Heaton. Nope. You went with Steve Harrington, didn't you? I sure did. Joe Keery, Steve Harrington. We went back and forth on that. It could have been either way. But uh, I, I think we went with... Uh, Char- I'm saying we because basically... Because Jen- she does your Jenna does my recast now. Uh, but if you're going to have the Natalie Dyer, the Nancy Wheeler character... Um, be Julia Stiles, then it just makes sense that Jonathan Byers. Does that make sense? Be the, yeah. Also, he's dark and e- I'll take care of this baby. He's dark and emo, <laughs> and uh, he's everybody thinks he's. Kind of, I'm glad you could laugh at that. Thank you. <laughs> he's kind of a, a standoffish and yeah. uh, they, somebody freakish enough. Whereas Steve Harrington, but Steve Harrington had his little dangerous side in the first season before he had his turnaround. Yeah, I guess so. And then he was just so fucking lovable in the second uh, in the I second know. season. I could see that the adventures in babysitting Steve Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, our director is... The Duffer Brothers. The Duffer Brothers. Yeah, guys, if nice you have any done. thoughts on how uh, you would recast 10 Things I Hate About You or just thoughts about the movie in general, you could talk back to us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash editingbay, or just put the editing bay in the search bar, and that's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Uh, click on that, and that's where you could talk back to us uh, and let us know what your thoughts are. If you've got a movie you want us to talk about in the future, uh, you could tell us about it there. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It is editingbay.com. Please go there, bookmark it anytime you're looking for something editing bay related, like our Facebook page or maybe our Twitter handle. Well, it's at the editing bay. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you're always going to be the first to know what movie we're talking about next week and join the conversation there. And also, as we've mentioned uh, before, you can see pictures from our live show. On our website, as well as uh, archive, link to our archive, all of our past episodes. We are up to 227 now. Holy shit. And uh, chugging right along. No end in sight, Joe. Chugging. All that and more (laughs) on editingbay.com. Guys, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcasting app. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, And then uh, tell your friends about the show and uh, and help us grow this thing. So um, you're going to be on the road. I'll be, uh, as you're listening to this, listener and Joe. Uh, I know it's weird because you're sitting You've across from me You've been kidnapped by now. truckers, <laughs> and Jenna is currently trying to save you. We're driving off the Grand Canyon. Let's just keep going, Jenna. Uh, no, we're... Well, uh, I mean, you know, she she does look like... Uh, uh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. That's so. right, and I look like Susan Sarandon. I've been told to, You look more like Susan Sarandon than she does. I look more like Tim Robbins than I look like Susan Sarandon, mm. probably. No? No? No. 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 I don't know whether to be insulted yeah. or if that's a yeah, compliment. Yeah, I should be insulted. Be insulted. Tim Robbins is a handsome man for you. <laughs> I can't pass as Andy Dufresne. Picture me shirtless. No. Screaming at the heavens rather not. in the rain oh my, after uh, oh swimming pool through okay. a mile of shit. It's all right. No, it's cool. Listen to our Shawshank Redemption episode. Yeah, please do. No, we haven't done that yet. No. Um, so, uh, so I think that uh, you, you talked about it earlier mm. uh, when you talked about the website and the live show. Uh, next week, mm-hmm. I think what we should do is uh, let's 
Let's replay the live episode that we did. You know, we do bring it up a lot. And um, poor poor listeners, if you've uh, joined, if you've subscribed to our podcast in the last couple of years, uh, you were probably unable to listen to that episode unless you go, again, to editingbay.com. Uh, and even then, you still got to dig through the archive. Yeah, I don't think it uh, shows up, right? I think it was so early. Or maybe it's it down still there. Shows up, no, it still shows up on... Edit, on uh, on the iTunes nextwaveradio.com right oh yes where, well, where we have everything housed in perpetuity but there dude, you gotta like really dig to fucking find it well not anymore because we're gonna skip it right to the top next week we'll have a little replay of uh, our famous our infamous a live episode where we talk about Masters, Masters of, the universe of the Universe with Matt Doden not He-Man oh that's right Matt Doden joined yeah, us Matt for that Doden episode didn't he? well a bunch of people joined us actually because we had some folks in the audience right uh, they we got to ask some questions and get some answers. Yeah, like what's a fire and why does it? What the bird? What's, what's the, the bird? <laughs> Wern? When's it my turn? Wouldn't I love uh. love to explore that shore up above? Little pitchy dog, little pitchy. I know. <laughs> Dude, fuck you, man. Oh, it's a beautiful. Why you gotta make me feel bad? beautiful singing voice, <laughs> guys? Uh, enjoy next week our uh, our replay of our live show, Masters of the Universe, and then after that. Uh, we'll be back with more uh, new episodes. So get those suggestions in mm-hmm. at the uh, at the the Facebook page. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Joel, always a pleasure. And Pleasure's please all mine. Be careful. We will and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, my friend. Be, be safe. Don't drink or drive. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will try to do that. No, no, try not to do that. I love you. I love you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.